1: This is a Rogue Media Network podcast.
0: This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Top five teams with
1: quarterback problems, and I think that after three weeks we can uh, safely say that some of this list is going on, uh, that they do have problems. Number five, Nebraska. And Smokey, I'll let you speak to this. I know that they're probably excited with the way that Harburg played against Eastern Illinois, but it seems like they're going to be kind of maybe sifting through guys throughout the season, especially based on the health of Jeff Sims, who did not play well in the first two games. But uh, Matt Rule in year one, and I don't think there were super high expectations. But right now, they've got they've got quarterback issues.
0: Yeah, they do. The young man uh, played well. Young local kid. Uh, I, I he he didn't throw for a lot. He, he ran well enough. He got some guts to him, but uh, that eventually. That was a team that they should have beaten easily, and they did in northern Illinois. It was a little bit close there for a little bit. but And then they lost two running backs. Did you hear about that? Mm-hmm. Johnson's out. Um, the kid that came in, I believe, from maybe – not U.S. – yeah, Irvin's out. So they lost three pl- uh, players, two of them running backs, and the running back room was not all that good in the first place.
2: Well, get ready because this is kind of life with Matt Rule, honestly. Um I don't think you're ever going to really see elite quarterback play. Is that fair? Um, This reminds me very much of when uh, he first got here and brought in Jalen McClendon, and the next thing you know, like that was just – or no, it was Anu Solomon. Yeah, That was a big ball of nothing, uh, all due respect to Anu, and then it was Jalen McClendon the following year, and it's, you know, uh, it was fine, but it was mostly the Charlie Brewer show, so, um, you know – At least my experience watching, he's never had, like, super high-level quarterback uh, play, and that's just kind of part of what they do is they mostly are just, uh, you know, a defensive team that runs the football and hits on some big plays here and there. Maybe Harbour could do some of that for him, but, I mean, I don't think he's really filling huge shoes, guys. I mean, I don't think Jeff Sims was doing anything that you're like, oh, my God, they don't have Jeff Sims for the next however many, you know, games. Uh, I I don't know what his status is, but Sims was fine. But very turnover-prone. He was and so, not fine. He wasn't even fine. I'm trying yeah. to be nice. Yeah, I, know, I know,
0: but I'm just I'm – he was a turnover Right, machine. so yeah. point
2: being, like, this might actually be a blessing in disguise for them. But
0: they didn't get a – quarterback was sacked early inside the 10 that led to an easy score for Northern Illinois. So the turnovers, no matter who the quarterback – but they just – none of them were dumb turnovers like they had or, or silly turnovers like they had in the first couple of weeks. Number four. Tennessee, I would not have said
1: this a few weeks ago. I was really big on Joe Milton, but after watching the game against Florida where he was, you know, look, he, he's, he's got some RPMs behind every throw, that's for sure, but he doesn't know. He's like Nuke loose right now. He doesn't know where it's going to go, and that that's not good news for Tennessee as they move forward, and you just heard Phil Bennett talk about it. The SEC is as up for grabs maybe as it's been in a long time, uh, and – you have know, that Florida win over Tennessee was very telling. Um, and Tennessee, look, they, they hit it right. They had Hendon Hooker last year. That was a great transfer that worked out for them. Joe Milton looked like he was poised to step in, especially after that fantastic bowl performance he had against Clemson. But I think, much like a pitcher with a live arm, you know, some days he's going to strike out every batter he faces, and some days. Um, you don't, don't know where it's going. Don't, don't dig into the box because it's yeah. coming at your skull. So uh, and not not on purpose. So I think that's what Tennessee's dealing with right now.
2: Yeah, that really reached a fever pitch Uh, in the second half, uh, you know, fans wanting uh, Nico Amaliava to get into the game, and understandably so, and, you know, he's a big-time prospect, a big-time NIL guy from all indications, and they said, you know, in the past that they don't plan on redshirting him, so I would imagine that we're not that far off from potentially seeing uh, some more of the, you know, the young star in Nico uh, versus, you know, what we saw from saturday and and joe milton that's not going to be sustainable for them or, or for their expectations so yeah there is some some question there this is not hendon hooker uh, 2.0 by any means yeah number three houston um you know, we sat with with dana
1: holgerson at big 12 media days and he kind of said you know what you need to know about donovan smith and he said if if you know, the, the, the interceptions he threw against them when they were, yep. when he was at Texas Tech, you know, and basically, if we can get that solved, then everything else is gravy. Well, right now, they haven't gotten it solved uh, at Houston. And, you know, they're, they're got a talent problem on their roster right now, uh, a lot to do with the transfer portal. They knew, they kind of knew some of this was coming, but man, um, you know, Donovan Smith so far has not, has not lit it up for them.
2: No, he hasn't, and uh, he didn't really light it up in Lubbock. I mean, he had some moments there and some games where, you know, he played pretty well, but uh, he's been and continues to be a turnover guy and a big uh, at-the-wrong-time turnover guy uh, was really the case in Lubbock a lot last year. But, yeah, it hasn't gotten off to a banner start. Uh, He's got four touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, not throwing very well completion percentage wise it's just it's just not good it's just not good but you know you're also making it uh even worse coming off of a an era of Clayton Toon where he was a pretty good player for you for several years in a row and now it's a it's a noticeable drop off in that regard and just the rest of the team around them uh yeah they're they're kind of scrambling for answers especially on offense which is not great when your head coach is Dana Holgerson and that's supposed to be his expertise his offense and quarterbacks and things like that and that's Right now, their biggest Achilles, so, uh, yeah, it has not been good, but I don't know what great options that they have at this point. Number two, Oklahoma State. This, I mean,
1: you're running three quarterbacks in any game. Uh, unless you are up by 70 points, it's not a good thing. And you're running three quarterbacks into a game where you're absolutely getting knocked around uh, by a, a Sun Belt team at your place is even worse news, and... You know, Craig, I I was, you know, like back and forth. You know, I'm kind of bullish on on peak Spencer Sanders as a really good player. Mm -hmm. But you don't get to see it all the time because he deals with so many injuries. And then sometimes he gets really sloppy, and he creates turnovers. But two years ago, we saw Spencer Sanders take Oklahoma State all the way to the Big 12 title game and play really well against every single team that they played against except Baylor. Those are the two games he did not play well against, and those are the two of the games that they lost. And two happen to be
0: a really good defensive
1: team. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I thought this would be a huge loss for them, especially given that they who they were bringing in to replace him. I didn't know that the... I just kind of thought and entrusted Mike Gundy's quarterback recruiting over the years to where even if he's got guys who aren't, you know, have ceilings as high as Spencer Sanders, even though that person may not reach it, he's always managed to get guys who are Mason Rudolphs of the world and Brandon Whedon's, guys who could win games for them uh, and, and were NFL guys, to be quite honest with you. Maybe not longtime starters, but NFL players. But, man, I did not see this coming on their quarterback depth chart.
2: Yeah, I, you hoped that Alan Bowman was like an answer when you grabbed him out of the transfer portal, but it turns out he was another option and that's not what you were looking for. Um you look at the numbers for all three guys and they've all three played pretty significantly at this point, have, you know, had, you know, number of opportunities to throw the ball around, to run, to, to show what they've got and they're all pretty much the same. I mean, there's not any discernible differences really between any of the three of them. That's even more alarming. There's not like a guy who's grabbed the lead and he's taking off and running with the baton they're all just kind of the same uh and there's not uh someone poised to break out and be the superstar of the future to be the next Spencer Sanders it's just three guys who you just hope that when you throw them out there one of them just eventually catches fire and like all right he's the guy but they all go out there and they get doused or it's very fleeting and so yeah it's a mess and you know I'm i I have faith that Mike Gundy will eventually figure it out, but I think to be at this spot heading into the season and to be at the spot you are just three weeks into the season or a month into the season is – awfully disconcerting obviously disappointing uh if you're an Oklahoma State fan and and you just expect better at that spot because they have had a lot of really good players but that is not the case right now and it doesn't help that their offensive line is not good at all and they Mm -hmm. can't have a run game to compliment and help out their quarterbacks no matter who it is so at least with Spencer Sanders he could take off running Mm -hmm. but you don't have that guy now so again they're all kind of this they're all similar um in, in what they've done performance wise so far and I, I just wonder, like, how long you can keep running three horses before eventually, like, something has to give. But um, you know, it, it doesn't appear like they've got a, an end game in sight just yet. And number
1: one, Alabama, and the reason they're number one is, is obvious. Look, they they've had just the revolving door of like Nick being able to go to the little quarterback machine, and even. Kind of slightly upgrade, like you no. know, you go like, okay, you got the Brody Crows and Greg McElroy's, then you kind of tick it up to a guy like AJ McCarron, who's was Coker it, one of those? Or yeah, was a Coker, yeah. yeah, Coker, and then you tick it up, you get AJ McCarron, okay, NFL guy, but not nobody who's going to start for twenty years, and then you you tick it up to like Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, Tua, and. Now, Bryce Young, he may may have used I mean, all the tokens in the machine for a little while. Two
2: guys started Sunday Night
1: Football last yeah, night. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So they've got four guys starting out of the 32 teams in the in the NFL. Four that are starting in the in the NFL right now. So sometimes maybe you do run out of tokens in the QB machine, and maybe that's what he did here. Uh, Milrow's going to start, and I would assume probably for the rest of the season, barring out of their attitude problem or, or anything else like that. But uh, it is surprising to me to see that they have – uh, so many guys that are not ready to go even after Milrow, even a little bit right there on the roster.
2: Yeah, I mean, you just have it so good for so long. I mean, eventually the, the run you know, or the well dries up, uh, it happens to the best of, of them. But, yeah, I, I, you know, I think to just the success they had was also something that worked against them, right? Of, you can't hold on to everybody and just have this stacked quarterback room and eventually guys move on But because you hit, kept hitting on so many great players one after the other um, that it was just, you're bound to run out at some point. And I, I'm not uh, giving up on Jalen Milrow. I think he can still win some games. I think he's still got a lot of room to grow, but he's just not – near that level of the guys that they've had. And that's, you know, that's not a knock on him. That's just it says how high that level has been for so long that, yeah, sorry he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL automatically. Like the past seven guys or whatever out of the last, you know, eight or whatever the number actually is, not like those guys. But, yeah, um, they just – they don't have the guy right now, and they've had the guy pretty much every year for as long as we can remember, but that's just not the case this time around, and, and they're having to deal with it and have, having to learn kind of how life is on the other side and, and how normal uh, this is for most teams, uh, you know, year in and year out. Uh, it's it's a rude awakening for them, but I, I think that they'll, they'll find a way to improve Milrow as they go along. It just might not be up to Alabama standards.
0: UT went from Vince Young, eventually Colt McCoy, and then they thought that, Everything was fine with the highest ranked quarterback you could possibly have and I watched him in high school at Lake Travis and Garrett Gilbert then it just it eventually and then look what happened. Then they were in the wilderness for a while.
1: Yeah. And I do it like everything else around Gil- Garrett Gilbert, like sunk with it, like them. Because Garrett Gilbert's wound up, you know, being a good player at SMU and, and being in oh, the NFL. He, yeah. And so you wonder if, like, it was just one of those things that everybody stepped collectively into the mud at once. And he's the one who's going to get blamed for it. Um, in Alabama, you know, does it's he like. He had
2: extreme pressure on his shoulders exactly. because he was called, like, everything. The yeah, golden boy and, yeah. Uh, exactly know.
1: exactly and then at Alabama you know like I wonder if their fans are like so we don't have a quarterback's going to get drafted in the first round but we have one that's going to get drafted the second round or draft or, or just when, draft him. and then like I, I don't know like well, what do your teams do how yeah. much is also who's calling plays yeah like, how Tommy much is Reese. the
2: coaching how much is you know it's not just Jalen Milrow can't blame just him no. because I'm not so sure about just their whole offensive philosophy in general but uh yeah I mean it's a combination for things for them and uh, boo-hoo. I mean, they're having to learn how life has been for most every other team uh, nearly every year or every couple of years, uh, save for when you just grab that guy who gets the job and holds on to it for you know a three-year run like a Clayton Toon like we just mentioned. But yeah. beyond that, it's hard to find great quarterbacks, much less have the run that Alabama's had. So it was bound to happen at some point.
0: All right, thank you, Paul, for the top five. There's one note about Patrick Mahomes. Everything's fine. Former Texas Tech star. Uh, he signed the new contract and uh, some of the reporting of it from Albert Breer. Uh, the amount of money moving forward, uh, Mahomes will get a de facto raise of $43.3 million over the next four years. After that, it comes to the natural point to renegotiate again. He will be 31 that offseason, which is very young. Uh, a lot of the money prior to, uh, prioritized, uh, prioritized cash flow over guarantees. So... No new money. Money's just moved forward. There is still the injury, the full guarantee, and signing bonus. But congratulations to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs for getting that done and opening up some money for themselves.
1: This has been a Rogue Media Network
0: production.